everyone. It's Holly. And Daniel. Uh, and you're listening to Halfway Saints. Yes. Usually you say what episode? Episode 25. <laughs> I don't like that I do that, so well, I'm trying to don't. stop. <laughs> and then you, you egg me on. Okay. That was the. You just heard the last time we'll mention what number episode it is. Until we get to like 100. Then maybe we'll say something. Or 1,000. That would t- that'll take a long time. How many? How old would we have to be? If we do, <laughs> <laughs> if we do one episode a week like we have been doing, that's fifty-two a year. So that would be a hundred every two years. So it take twenty years for us to, <laughs> a, a little less than, uh, twenty years for us to make a thousand episodes. Yeah, we could do it. I thought it was gonna be like a hundred. We have to be a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible on that. That would be ten episodes a year. Well. Assuming we were zero when we started. Zero years yeah. old. <laughs> anyway, I proved myself um, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Gone and proved myself stupid. <laughs> Did it again. <laughs> oh, boy. You guys are in for a treat tonight. Uh, <laughs> now we're ready to go. We have our... Um, our peppermint Our teas. peppermint tea with a little bit of milk, a little bit of sugar. A little bit. Holly made me make hers because she didn't know the recipe. <laughs> it just tastes so much better when you make it. I don't know oh, what you do. Yeah. It's the love you put in it. Yeah. Um, no, but I did. Um... What did you do to this? <laughs> <laughs> no, I put a little more sugar in mine. Oh. And so I don't know if I've told you this. To keep track of what's mine and what's yours, like if I'm bringing plates or drinks or something, I always put yours in my right hand because I remember Holly is always right. <laughs> Hey, you get like three points yeah, for that. Yeah, yeah. That is so good. It's also it makes me laugh, and then I'm like, oh yeah, Holly's <laughs> Holly's never right. But the other day I had a slight, uh, we'll call it, we'll be dramatic, call it an existential crisis. Oh wow! Because Holly bought this tea, and she's like, I got some peppermint tea because we'd had some before and we liked it. <laughs> and I was like, was it peppermint or spearmint tea? And I was like, is spearmint a real thing? <laughs> and I couldn't remember if it was like. Like blue raspberry, like it's not a real thing. It's <laughs> or just a gum. Mint. Yeah, it's just like a gum flavor. But I think it's a real, it's a real mint. I'm pretty sure it is. It's a okay. real, it's a real plant, spearmint. It may not be a, a true mint. I don't know. Is there a peppermint plant? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Is there a red and white striped? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think. Oh, now I don't know. Nothing makes sense. <laughs> Nothing makes sense anymore. No, I think spearmint is a different kind of mint. But then the plant's just called mint. Oh, okay. Maybe it's something like, um, I can't think of a like comparable plant. But like we call all plants mint. Right. We they're... do, but like a true mint farmer <laughs> would be like, oh, that's peppermint and that's and spearmint, spearmint and that's, that's winter mint. <laughs> I don't think winter mint or sweet mint. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that those just have flavors added to them. Winter flavor into it. Mm-hmm. Ice. <laughs> they just leave it. They put the Gatorade, whatever they put in Gatorade, Gatorade ice. Gatorade ice, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. it just, whatever it is, it makes it frosty colored. <laughs> <laughs> You're on fire tonight. I uh, know, I'm hilarious. <laughs> uh, so we'll just leave it. We have peppermint tea. It tastes good. It does. It tastes we'll lovely. Yeah. And it's very soothing for a pregnant woman. Holly's drinking it with two hands, like it's a cup of hot cocoa and she's hot. in the lodge. And I got my blanket and my sweater on and my slippers. She's in total old lady mode. 
You did call me an old lady before we started recording. Crotchety. You call me crotchety. Because you were acting crotchety. You were acting crotchety. Anyway. Anyway. Marital. Welcome back, everyone. <laughs> Not to get too marital on you. <laughs> I was going to say, marital disputes aside. Oh, okay. But you interrupted me. Um, but welcome to any new listeners who we may have. Yes. Oh, who this, are wondering what who the we heck these into. people are and why they're talking about mint. Um, but this week I got to meet someone named Laura, who like was just hanging out with us as friends, and uh, like midway through our dinner or whatever Con- conversation, <laughs> our conversation, <laughs> um, someone or she like admitted to me that she has just googled us. Or, like, searched for us in the iPod or iPhone. <laughs> oh, boy. She just happened to search on iTunes and found our podcast. Yeah, and she was like, oh, you are that podcast. I listen to you guys. You're that, Holly. Yeah. But she I, actually said, oh. Stop. No, um, I felt kind of famous and kind of really Kind cool. of famous? Because I was like, we actually show up in the search results. Yeah. We're, I think... Like, as people, as we have more episodes and people review it, we show up a little The more. reviews help. Mm-hmm. Wink. Plug. Plug. Oh. <laughs> you plugged and I winked. They canceled Shoot. each other out. You plugged my wink. I'm sorry. No. I, I just winked at Daniel <laughs> to make up for it. But uh, um, shout out to Laura. Yeah. Listening to us. She's a little behind, so it's going to be like <laughs> three weeks before In three she months, she's going to be like, oh, whoa. <laughs> But I really liked her. I want to hang out with her more. Mm. But anyway, Holly, what do you feel like talking about tonight? Oh, good way. <laughs> <laughs> I set you up so we can just seamlessly no, transition. I ruin it. Um, I want to talk. I don't. What's a like a what's a good word to describe what we're going to talk about? I I think I don't like this word. Yeah, I think emotionalism or over. Heightened emotion. We'll right. go with emotionalism. I think that's See, the name of an Avid Brothers album, but... Really? Yeah. Even more reason to use it. Totally. Uh, but chasing emotional highs. Yeah. That's not all one word like I wanted, but that works. Well, if you hyphenate it, it can be. Anything can be one word <laughs> if you hyphenate it. That's what the Germans do. Just smush all the words together. Why not? Who's oh going to stop them? Okay, we're at seven, almost seven minutes. We've got to get started. I've been trying. Oh, please. Um, anyway, so before my conversion and in my college experience, um, like I just, not within my own community, but within like the Christian community that I was like surrounded by, uh, I saw like a couple of like Bible studies and like other groups who were just, um, they just seemed to be searching for like the emotional high that's that comes from a personal relationship with Christ. Like, uh, their Bible studies were, like, always very, like, they wouldn't obviously wouldn't consider it to be, like, an emotional high, but it was very, like, spirit-led. And so you, like, really feel the spirit, and so you're, like, so moved by the spirit during these times that, like, your stimulus is just, like... Yeah, it's sort of, like, a very tangible, like... Feeling. Feeling, yeah. Like, I feel God, like, 100% right here. So I have to, like, come back every week because it's so good. Because, I mean, that is true. Like, the feeling of God is good. 
Um, but I always was like kind of confused by it because as I said in other podcasts, like my college time was really like when I was forming what I truly believed. I had never attended like a real church before and, um, I had only read books on Christianity and, um, I just, I was like still figuring it all out. So whenever I was seeing, seeing this happen around me, I was like, what's this about? I'm, I'm a little uncomfortable by it. I was like, yeah, I was not turned off, but questioned it a little bit. Um, and I saw it elsewhere, like in churches, like the first church that I like officially attended in college, uh, had like this really awesome worship band, like light show, smoke screens, it's not smoke screens, smoke machines, smoke machines. <laughs> um, and some of like, like this, I remember the woman when she would sing, I just wanted to hear her sing all day long. Um, and it was like a very stimulating experience and mm-hmm. like they would sing these songs that would just get, like get you pumped up, mm-hmm. just made you really excited. Um, and also like not only in like that kind of like very typical evangelical model, but also like with even just like an acoustic guitarist uh, in front of like a smaller church, I would see like the same kind of things happening, just like, like building up. Like, using music and using charisma to, like, really build up this, like, emotional experience in on, like, Sunday Sunday church Let me, times. can I ask a question? Are you, yeah. not to, like, put words in your mouth, but are you implying that some of, like, the feeling that's created is, like, a purely, um, just, like, a, you're just, like, stimulated, not necessarily interacting with God, or? I don't. I don't doubt that the spirit is working, but I think that it can. <laughs> I'm just well. I, want I don't you want to help if me this because well, if people are actually moved to do right. this, but I think what you're saying is that all of this kind of noise and like stimulus just like gets your adrenaline going in any like it could be they could be singing right. about anything. It's I sort think... of like not necessarily. Um, it might just be, like, show for its own sake. Right. Like, what would happen with me, per, like, personally? I, And I'm not saying at all this is this is not good and that good does not come from this kind of, like, sense, sensory experience um, because we do experience life in our senses and experience the spirit through our senses. Um, but for me, in a very, like, uh, amateur Christian like background like I didn't really know what I was doing so I would leave church and be like man that was so awesome like I feel so great God is so good I just I like love him so much and my heart is so full and then like two hours later I would be like I don't know like my high would just have fallen right so and I'd be like well what is this yeah you wouldn't be able to recreate that anywhere else other than at that event exactly and that was sort of what you were basing your spiritual life on so like if i'm not in a group you know in an auditorium with this awesome band and this like really energetic speaker i'm not really gonna feel god exactly so when you're taken out of that environment you feel like god's not there yes does that make what you're getting at yes because i do believe that the spirit was moving and i do think that the spirit is present it's just that like yeah i think i made myself yeah sorry well just what i when i kind of think about that and like the little um instances where I've kind of experienced that is I kind of wonder are people kind of putting on a show even like the people 
performing music or speaking, like, are they just trying to, like, hype people up? Right. Like, there's, for me, there's just, there's just room for it to be all a show. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like a, um, yeah. There's room for it. Like, that's, I really want to, like, like, make clear that there is good that comes from this, but there is room for a lot of misunderstanding and, uh, what you said, to come from it. Um, yeah, so, like, whenever that was what, that was pretty much what my relationship was for a little while. It's just, like, experience, experiencing God on Sunday at church and letting, trying to make that, like, last through the week until just I can get back to that Sunday experience. Um, and so when there were times when I was experiencing, like, desolation and feeling an absence of God, I would be like, well, what is this? I don't, I would just question almost everything because the foundation of my faith was based on just this experience that I was having with him at this one place. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that we need to define what desolation means. Yeah, so, and it's not exactly, it's related to what we're talking about. It's not exactly uh, feeling good and not feeling good, but um, St. Ignatius, part of the Ignatian spiritual formation, um, is, is it teaches you how to navigate periods of consolation and desolation. So during a time of consolation, you feel like everything's great, like your prayer life is good, you're like, making strides um spiritually and like everything's kind of going well and you feel like god's like right there with you um but on the opposite side of that is there are times when you don't recognize god's presence you don't feel like god is with you and you um experience desolation and you're kind of like nothing seems to be working you can't concentrate while praying it's just like you're just in a slump and like we go through that in all aspects of life where things are going really well or things are kind of down the dumps and um, the purpose of identifying that is to kind of, um, one, just be aware that's happening. Like, you're not right. just losing your faith. Like, you're, you're experiencing desolation. Like, and it can be, you know, a terrible event could happen in your life and kind of help, like, lead you to desolation. Right. And I think, like, a big thing that I've learned since coming to the Catholic faith and understanding consolation and desolation is that sometimes, like, God takes a step back. And it's just, like, he just, like, allows you to work through it alone okay i don't ever like to say here's what god is doing i know that's (laughs) That's always risky i said that i was like whoa 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 but some like sometimes you just don't feel god Mm -hmm. and he doesn't make himself that's what it is he doesn't make himself totally like known to you right or he's still acting in your life or you in some way have kind of closed your eyes or your ears to god whether or not you know it right um but god is always there it's just whether or not you feel him feel him and I think related to this is kind of a feeling of spiritual dryness. Like, um, I think with prayer and in the spiritual life, you kind of just get to a point where, like, well, nothing's really working. Like, maybe you started um, praying a rosary once a week, and then, like, after a year of that, you're kind of, like, it's just not working. Mm-hmm. So I think spiritual dryness is also, it's related to this as well. And it related to desolation. To, to um, times when you don't have that feeling right and so for me whenever I was experiencing all I really was experiencing was a feeling when I didn't feel that feeling what sorry feel that feeling no 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 I just (laughs) 
I just have a really great title for it. Oh, excellent. Okay. You guys will. You already know it, but I'm laughing now. Oh, um. Okay, so I have a crick in my neck, and it keeps, like, uh, kind of spazzing. Oh. I know, it hurts every little bit. It's okay. I'll power through. Um. But so, when I, all I had was, like, this feeling, whenever it would go away, I felt completely lost, and I felt like I was completely, like, no longer even a Christian. Like, I didn't have any kind of foundation to, like, and Jesus even says this, like, you need to have a strong foundation, so when the, the winds come, and when mm-hmm. everything, when hard times come, you, like, stand strong. Yeah. And, he, and I, I had nothing. It was, like, built on sand. Is that what he says? Built, yeah. Building on sand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's exactly what it was. And it, but also, <laughs> sorry. Also, Jesus, um, after the resurrection, um, like right before the um, ascension, he tells his apostles, "Like I'm not going to be with you for a time. Right. Like, I'm leaving now, but I will send the Holy Spirit." So, like, if you just look at it literally, what happens in the you know the Gospels is Jesus leaves them, yeah, and they do not feel him with them up until Pentecost when the Holy Spirit spent. So, like. Even within the life of Christ and in the life of the apostles, he, Jesus says, you know, in, the Lord incarnate says, I'm not going to be with you for a little bit, right. but hold on. I'm, you know, going to send my spirit upon you. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a reassuring thing. He will come back. Mm-hmm. He will always be there. Um, I was going to say something right before you said that, but it was a little bit of a tangent. That's so okay. I didn't say it, but now I can't remember what it was. Oh, fine. So what did Problem I, solved. What did I say right before you said that? No. Okay. Um, so, I'm lost, I can't <laughs> You're talking about feelings. Well, yeah, that's what the whole thing is I about. It's a joke. <laughs> um, well, I'll just move forward. Sorry. It's okay, don't worry. Um. You were talking, I remember what you were talking about. You are talking about building on sand rather than rock. Yeah, I, that doesn't, okay, I don't fine. remember. It's fine. I'm sorry, guys. Um, but now I've, so I've like just been picked or I, okay. I'm going to get my words back. One at a time. One word at a time. Right. Um, I've like just started thinking about this a lot within the past week or so. And then it, I was also seeing the parallel with how this, the same mentality of like chasing the emotional high in your relationship with Christ uh, also is in culture. Right, and I think there's um, kind of a prevailing sense of individual experience being kind mm-hmm. of the like sole um, identifier of truth. Like, well, yeah. this is how I experience it. This is how I feel. Um, and I like you're saying, like it can be seen. I think it's a force, just kind of within the world. So it creeps into like certain parts of Christianity and just the secular world as well. That I'm not feeling good in this i need to do something that makes me feel good right you know um even if it might be something that that is good it doesn't feel good so we're kind of tempted to just say i don't want to be good yeah this Mm -hmm. must not be good be good because it's not making me happy at this moment right and i was i remember what i was going to say is that this emotional high that i was feeling it's very attractive so like i just wanted to go back there like who wants to not feel awesome and uplifted and energized and like totally filled with the spirit all the time like yes we we are meant for that we are built for that in heaven but that is not what our life is here on on earth 
Um, and so we kind of have to like build ourselves capable of like wearing with what is it? Weathering the storm. Yeah. <laughs> Withering the storm. <laughs> Withering. <laughs> Whittling the storms. <laughs> Start making stick sculptures. Um, but I think a good example of kind of um, someone who experiences desolation but still remains focused on Christ is uh, Mother Teresa. Mm. I remember a while ago, like, after she had died, they found, like, diaries of her where she's really, like, going through a period of desolation. She's like, I don't feel God. I don't feel anything. She had a lot of doubt. Yeah. And it, and I think kind of the secular world looked at that and they're like, oh, what, like... How could she who be is a this? saint? Yeah, this is not a saint. She was doubting. and But I think what we need to look at is she persevered in her work. She, mm-hmm. like, remained faithful to the Lord even when feeling doubt and feeling desolation because that's what you have to do. And those moments of consolation when you kind of feel everything is going right have to keep you going through those moments of desolation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and back to, like, how it is in culture that, yes, it's, like, um, very much if this feels good to me right now, then it must be good. And everyone must be okay with it because I feel happy and I have a right to feel right. happy. And if you disagree, you are saying that my ex- happiness ex- is... or my experience is incorrect. But right. I'm the only I'm the sole like arbiter of experience. It's yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean not people won't say that. It's not gonna no, understand but their feeling. The, like, but Yeah. Yeah. But it could be something like you could be going to medical school or law school and like that last year is really tough and it's really horrible, but you know that what you're pursuing is in the end good. Like you're pursuing right. your degree, you know you want to help people. So you have to, um, and you know you may eventually sort of, for lack of a better term, fall back in love with medicine or fall mm-hmm. back in love with studying law. But just in that time, you, it's hard. Right. And so you kind of fall out of love with it. Right, but you push through. You push through because you recognize that in the end, you remember your goal and what your target is. Mm-hmm. And with... Uh, Christianity, that goal is Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, we were talking with our friend this morning just about how this seeking emotional highs also is uh, showing itself in relationship relationships um, and how, like, everyone, not everyone, that was a broad <laughs> She just called out everyone. Everyone. No, there's, there's a very prominent understanding that like you're you if you find your like one true love you're like your heart's just gonna go pitter pat every single time you see Mm -hmm. them or you can't stop thinking about them or you're just like passionately obsessed with them and they're just like this one person who's just like the absolute perfect everything that you've ever wanted and it's just this like magical moment that you meet them and it's perpetuated by you know, love songs and chick flicks and media and uh, just this, like, false understanding of what love really is. Mm-hmm. And so people are, like, searching for that, searching and searching and searching for through all of these different people and trying to create experiences with, like, premarital sex and, like, all of that to, like, kind of uh, support. Like, this feeling really is great because look at what we're doing is great. Like this all feels great, but it doesn't really end. And it's not really what true love is because true love is like you were saying this morning, like 
it's not what seeing like or having my heart go pitter patter every time I see you. It's the times that my I have like no love or like no like affection for you, but still love and care for you, despite that. Mm-hmm. And so I think that kind of like mirrors the way that our relationship with Christ is. Is that like it's not just this magical, wonderful time all of the time. It's it's working through the times that is hard. Yeah, and I think it's important to remit, to remember that we're made as relational creatures and that we, we're made to be in relationship with God and in with each other. So these truths about how we relate to other people also apply to God. It really goes the other way that like how we interact with God oh, is mirrored in... Oh my god! No, it's like, oh yeah, you oh, always... Yeah. You always make this differentiation. I'm like, oh, that's so much better. <laughs> You're so right. Yeah, it comes out I know. in a funny I'm, way. I'm sorry. Um, but I think people can look at their relationship with their friends and their family, um, their spouses, and see that like there are ebb, you know, it ebbs and flows. There are times when you don't want to speak to one another, or times when you just get along great. But that love remains. Like right. you might even it can last like years like I get along much better with all my brothers now than I did during high school you know and I got along better with my younger brother at a certain point then you know and then that relationship changed and then you know back and forth so just looking at how we interact with one another like yeah there are obvious times when you're feeling closer together you feel like you're really on the same page and there are times where you're like I don't even want to see that person right now right but you still love and care for them right yes so that um, also applies to our relationship with God, that it's going to go through um, periods where we don't feel it as strongly. But that doesn't mean that that relationship is gone or that right. God is not on the other side. Right. So I, I've been like seeing a little bit of the stimulating or like the emotional attachment come into Catholic culture a little bit. And I just want to talk about like where this fits in with the church because obviously Catholic churches are not really having these like huge bands up front or having these big like stimuli stimulating experiences Mm -hmm. as I was having in college so like uh I want to say that the like we shouldn't we don't really need okay help me out here I don't don't know (laughs) you haven't said any words are you okay can I guess yeah I guess at it that um the, I don't know. I can't, okay. I have no guesses. I, so what I want to say is that I want to encourage all Catholics that we don't really need all of those things. We don't need to have the like perfect, like the great band or like the super charismatic preaching or all of those like super, super attractive things that bring people to those theater churches or mega churches or whatever. But, uh, we don't need those things because we have the like greatest sensory experience of all is that Christ, the King of the universe, is there with us right there in the bread and wine of the Eucharist. And I think at this point it's worth mentioning that we, the sacraments, we experience those in a sensory way. Like yes. through water and baptism, it's physically poured onto our heads or all over us. Um, we, re- we receive the body of, and blood of Christ in the during communion, we actually eat it and drink it. Like, it's a sensory experience. And the, I don't think, 
I think the Catholic Church is full of sensory experiences and yes. sensory stimulus. But I think the distinction we need to make is where is that pointed at? Is it right. pointed at people or is it sort of lifted up to God? Mm-hmm. And um, I think I think there is a balance between being engaging and kind of having too much show. Like there, I've been to Catholic churches where the music has been too much. Like Yeah. Like, Me too. Do we need four violin solos in this psalm? Like, no, we don't. Definitely it's, not. Because it, for me, the sensory experiences at mass should not be distracting from the central event of mass, which is a the sacrifice. Right. Um. So I think maybe that's a better way of saying it is that we need to not focus on, um. Making kind of making our hearts pound, you know, because when you just try to express beauty, that is attractive and that does pull us in, pull us into the life of Christ more so than kind of music that just plays on our emotions. So just like surface level, that kind of is just like, oh, this is interesting, listen to it. But if we see something beautiful, we almost can't, it almost just bypasses sensory uh, understanding. And you're just like, that's truth. And I can't really understand it right now. Yes, that was a point that I was going to make, is that, like, we don't have these, like, in, in many cases, maybe there are a lot of churches that do have these things that I've just never experienced them in the Catholic Church, but we may not have that, but conversions still happen in front of the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't, he still is working through these these sacraments that he's given us in, a, in really profound, beautiful ways. And I find it more, I've, I find much more awe in what God is doing if he's working, if he reveals himself through bread to somebody and someone is just sitting in front of it and says, that is Jesus Christ. And I, I think maybe what the difference is, is what is behind what you're trying to express. Right. Like if it's just sort of a praise song and it's just kind of there to to be pleasant sounding or to like draw attention if there's nothing really solid behind that then it's not going to be lasting and engaging it's not going to be nourishing whereas like um the eucharistic hymns that saint thomas aquinas wrote are beautiful because they're centered on like the eucharist Mm -hmm. and they are sung during adoration and they kind of have that as its base so they are pointing to this truth rather than just kind of being background noise does that make sense it does i just think that like on the other side of it like a songwriter who has written something like um i don't know like a hillsong united song or whatever they would say that they they wrote that song to point to the the eternal truth that they speak about in the song right but but what we said in the beginning was these things aren't necessarily bad in and of themselves it's how they're used yes so if you know, if it's the songwriter could be genuine, the songwriter could be just wanting to finish the album, mm-hmm. could be wanting to, you know, and saying like the worship band at whatever church could be really, really trying to like reach people or it could be like, let's just, we don't want people to leave. Like, right. I think maybe that's a good distinguish. Like, right. are you really singing because, you know, you love Jesus or are you singing so that people stay in the seats? And I remember like a very... uh real feeling when I would be sitting there at church and I would see like so many people around me like standing up and raising their hands because they were like really were feeling the spirit and feeling this pressure on myself like oh I must not be feeling 
the spirit if I'm not feeling called to stand and raise my arms. And so what does that mean? Like, is he not speaking to me? Like, he's speaking to them. And, and like, am I not feeling authentic? Do I have too many walls built up that I'm not letting him in? Like, I'm, like, seriously, like, uh, doubting everything because uh, I'm not feeling what these other people are feeling. And I'm not expressing it in this way that they were expressing it. And, I yeah, I just, like, felt this pressure about it that made me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think the that's absent within the Catholic Church either. Like, like... They're like, oh, that person uh, stayed for an hour after Mass and kneeled in front of the Blessed Sacrament. Why aren't I doing that? I mean, that's true, yes. Uh, But I think when there is more of a stimulus and it's more of a public shared event, there is more pressure to just kind of be like, oh, why why aren't I doing that? Right. Because usually, I mean, how many... It's not like everyone in the pews are staying for an hour No, but my my point was that it's not... you You could still feel social pressure within the Catholic Church. Yeah. To be like, oh... Why aren't I as pious as that person? Right. And it might be, that person may be genuine, that person may be, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah, I think that, yeah. that same problem can exist. No, I understand. But it's, I think, exacerbated in kind of a atmosphere where they're trying to kind of, like, pump everyone up. And that's, like, yeah, that's what I'm trying to see. Yeah. And I think, um, I think we shouldn't say that God, like, it is possible that you can feel God's presence and you can be moved by the Spirit and you can really um just have feel really great right but you need to separate that from just an emotional high like sometimes i feel really great when i listen to the, a song like a certain song right um like explosions in the sky oh, or listen gosh, to them it's just like best. a very emotional high and i'm sure if i listened to that in church i'd be like oh yeah this is great yeah so it it's distinguishing what is kind of moving you to that to that level yeah and i um and i think the point you were trying to make earlier about the catholic church is that um it's still the eucharist is there like you really don't need anything else but the eucharist other things help they do help yeah and they as long as they help you point as long as it helps you point toward jesus and doesn't make you look out kind of to the people next to you, to what's going on. And mm-hmm. um, I think there's also something to be said for those moments of desolation where you're allowed to grow and there's silence. Yes. Because you need, um, you know, like a plant needs rain and sun. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't just need one of it. So I think there's um, something great about the Catholic Church is it offers you periods of silence. And it's good at helping you not fret during those moments of silence mm-hmm. like that um that analogy with the plants was really smart yep. <laughs> <laughs> why that plants need rain and sun <laughs> i just want everyone to take a second are you making fun of me? no i'm serious I, you said that and it like i just passed over it and i was like whoa wait a second that was really good <laughs> <laughs> thanks kudos thanks uh. Uh, but it's true i mean like you do grow during those times and that's why I didn't mean, like, God, like, backs away, but he allows you to grow mm-hmm. during those times. Like, he's he's still working within you even though you don't feel him. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's something that is very, it's funny because it's something that's very consoling to, like, know that God is still working in you even though he, you don't feel him whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that is the point that I was trying to make. I feel like 
I always say all these like extreme things and you always <laughs> just pull me back in. And I, I mean exactly what you say. I just don't say it in the right way. So guys, if I've ever offended you, <laughs> I'm really sorry. I don't mean it. I just don't phrase it correctly. And I think what, just in general, what's difficult is there's, um, and we mentioned this in the last podcast, there's nothing that's not going to be like, if there's anything that's lifted up to Christ and dedicated to him, it's going to be good. Yes. So it's tough to say like, this thing is bad because when it's used correctly, it's ultimately good. It is. So um, like emotions and having a strong emotional response is good. Right. But it can be taken the wrong way when it's not. Fo- like, if it's focused on Christ, you're good. Right. Like, and that's, it's easy to get um, kind of caught up. And even with, like, relationships, there's an emotional high in relationships, especially early on. Like, oh, I think she likes me back. Like, mm-hmm. oh, we talked on the phone for two hours. It was so great. And there's that emotional high. But that dissipates as the relation relationship grows and matures. Mm-hmm. And that's just one component of it. And it's true for spiritual life as well like when you if you are a convert to the faith you like want to do everything and like buy all the rosaries and all the holy cards and like just do everything catholic you can and then you know that kind of um i was gonna say honeymoon phase but i hate that i hate that term one of those phrases that you hate yeah um but there is that period where it kind of like your relationship grows and you that emotional response lessens yeah and it's so that i think a more profound loving experience can then take place. Right. A truer love happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I wanted to say too, that like we have a few friends, a good amount of friends. Can I make one more point? I I just wanted to say that we have a lot of friends. (laughs) (laughs) We got a few. Don't worry. Just kidding. I'll finish it whenever you're done. Um, I think what you were trying to say early on is that, just chasing that emotional high is not going to lead you anywhere. Right. Like if you're just looking for that Bible study where like everyone connects and it's really great when that, you know, when your relationship with those people changes and it like, maybe you don't, you know, just, you don't have any new ideas to say to one another or Mm -hmm. like it just gets, um, it gets old and you kind of want to move on to something else. Like you need to, um, you need to like stay in place to allow yourself to grow in relationships relationships take time and they look different at different points of time so if you're just looking for that first date phase Mm -hmm. you're going to keep chasing that around because it's not going to last so and i think what you're saying about the catholic church is that it kind of um it's steady like right right this is the mass this is the eucharist that's always going to be there i think something like that just came to me to help explain what i was talking about is that like i just i think that I, at the beginning, and I was seeing a misunderstanding of joy. And that, like, oh, I'm a Christian, so I must be this picture of joy all of the time. I must be, like, I must radiate joy with, like, exuberance and excitement and uh, just, like, an overwhelming happiness all the time because I have God. I'm, I have I have been redeemed and I am loved and I have God. So why would I be anything but laughing and joyful all of the time? But I don't think that's what true joy is. True joy is what we're saying. Like it is 
knowing the Lord in a in a beautiful and profound way that's more than just the good in our lives because mm-hmm. God is all good obviously but everything that happens to you is not going to be good and your relationships are going to get hard and like things get tough and you do experience desolation and true joy is getting you through that it doesn't mean like that you have to smile and be like perfect through it and like I don't know be this picture of happiness through it it just it means that you work at it mm-hmm. which I like and I think um, I think as Thomas Aquinas defines joy as like the opposite of sorrow we mentioned that like one yeah. of the earlier podcast and that it's um, being able to experience like the good of that loved object yes and that um, you can there are times when you experience sorrow because you love that thing. Like Mary experienced sorrow because she loved Jesus so much and he died. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, it's not to correct you, but I think it's more of, uh, an understanding of what love is and that love and that love contains both joy and sorrow just because of its nature of loving something so much. Again, like you, I say what I say (laughs) and then you make it so much better and you say exactly what I meant. I've, Yes, I've been translating for you for years now. So. 11 years. <laughs> um, and I was going to say earlier that we have... A we have a lot of friends, guys. <laughs> got a ton of friends. Uh, no, we have a bunch of friends who are very, very talented musicians and who use music in a really beautiful way. So I want to just make sure that we make it clear <laughs> that like music and beautiful music is good. Mm-hmm. It is all in how you use it. Yeah. Um, I think we've made that clear, but I just wanted to say, because I always get afraid I'm offending people. Mm-hmm. I delete all the angry emails before you Shut say up. Shut up. Don't <laughs> say that. You made my neck cramp. Oh, no. Oh. Uh, well, Holly's got to get out her hot water bag and <laughs> her hemorrhoid donut. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't really have a hemorrhoid donut. Don't worry. <laughs> She's laughing, but she's also holding her neck because it hurts. It's so bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. It's joy and sorrow, and sorrow at all the same at once, time. Because you love me so much. I do. But you can't stand to be around <laughs> me. Oh my gosh, it hurts so bad. Oh. Oh, but I hope that we've made a little bit of sense. <laughs> think, just listen to everything that Daniel said. <laughs> no, I think you... I was thinking about this earlier because we were talking with our friend this morning about like couples balancing each other out. Oh yeah. I think you are um, much more, we'll say like headstrong, and you just like go do it, and you're um, much more accepting and kind of fearless in that like, oh yeah, let's do this. Whereas I am like very reserved and uh, initially skeptical of like everything. <laughs> Great. So you kind of have taught me to be more open to just like receiving something and like just like oh let's consider this before I'm like oh no that's probably not right and that's not actually right because I know this other it's, thing so it's true you are just like so don't be so hard on yourself because you balance me out thanks they don't get to experience all the stuff the fun stuff I get to <laughs> apparently no I think you are the the fun half if we were like a um, Saturday morning educational show I would be like the narrator and you'd be like the wacky cartoon oh great <laughs> that's exactly what I wanted to be just kidding um no but 
Yeah, so hopefully that <laughs> that makes sense to oh, someone. Was <laughs> your neck hurting again? Yes. But yeah, we hope that made sense to someone in some way. Um, yes. If you do have any questions or feedback or corrections or... Or um, if I did offend you. Or if you want to continue the conversation. We love um, getting email and we try um, to answer them um, yeah, as much as we can and to keep that conversation going. So um, if you have any emails, any feedback you want to send us, you can email us at halfwaysaintspodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at halfway underscore saints. Like, like us, us on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. I always want to say one out of the three, and you always um, steam I figured, <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. Like us on Facebook. And <laughs> and maybe leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, Wink. Uh, uh, I winked. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, so we'd love to hear from you. Have a great week, everyone. Uh, we're praying for you. Please pray for us. Have a great week. Today, again, double, doubly good. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye.